Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. Welcome back to ReChurch. This is Marshall Fant, and I have a very familiar voice and now a face since we're doing YouTube. Bruce McAllister, welcome back. Hey, good to see you. I want to address a topic this morning that um, really comes up all the time, and it's a a topic that every church is going to face, every pastor is going to face. You deal with this at least several times a week by phone call. I deal with it. It's a, it's the topic of, you know, when does should a pastor transition? How does he transition? Uh, what are the steps? So in the next few minutes, this is what we want to talk about. And uh, Bruce, for the sake of those who may not know you, you've been dealing, uh, your ministry to pastors has been 40 years. Is that about right? It's about right. And so uh, you're very well connected to pastors. And many of these men that you started with, 40 years ago, we're now facing this. Yeah, a whole okay. bunch of them. A whole bunch of including <laughs> us, right? Yeah. All right, so again, if we walk through this topic, um, first I'm going to ask Bruce some questions, and we're going to flip-flop. He's going to ask me, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. But So, Bruce, now the landscape has changed uh, over your 40 years of helping churches and helping pastors. So as a pastor starts thinking about his transition, and on the on the church staffing side, on the on your ministry to men looking for churches, talk to us briefly about the the shortage that's there now, and and what you are finding um, as far as the number of men available for ministry, and especially what we're talking about here is is the pastoral ministry. Yeah. So of course, people have been dying for a long time. Yep. So, okay. So, aging, graying, retiring, dying, uh, transitioning to heaven, which is kind of the ultimate wonderful right. transition that we anticipate. And so, uh, there's in a sense, there's nothing real new about what we're talking about. But in on the American church side, it it seems like for decades there's been a plentiful supply, mm-hmm. fairly plentiful supply, of uh, younger men coming along being mentored in, in schools, in personal ministry with pastors, to uh, you know be the next generation to take the ministries. Mm-hmm. They come through church staff, servants, and that type of thing. So, so uh, we're not despairing. We're not gloomy. We're not think that something's, you know, yeah. God's lost control or anything like that. He's not wringing his hands about this. But the reality is, uh, I think because there, was, there were such large numbers of men that surrendered to the ministry back, you know, a generation ago, good generation, you know, I'm talking uh, 40 years ago. There was a right. generation prior to that, that that also large numbers after World War II surrendered to ministry. All right, but we haven't had a movement of the Lord, it appears, like that for a long time. And actually, the numbers of men in, in schools and seminaries training uh, is, you know, is, you kind of look at it statistically and you, it you can't see where it's going to come from right now, all right? right. And uh, like I say, I'm, I'm positive, optimistic. God's able to do more than we can ever imagine. Uh, and yet, practically in every individual ministry in man's life, there needs to be some thoughtful prayer and planning to go into this time. And so the the supply right yeah, now— And what is, you mean this time? We're talking about pastors looking to transition out. Yeah. If, if you just think, if a pastor is, you know, getting to be 65, 70, and he just thinks, 
that he's going to be able to contact some schools, right. and there's just going to be this long list of guys that are all uh, willing and ready and are a good fit for his ministry. Yeah. He's he's going to uh, quite a surprise in, in, in right now. So um, there are men looking. There are good men out there, younger sure. men, middle-aged men. Uh, but uh, we're coming in, I think. Um, I do, I'm not an alarmist. I'm not mm-hmm. weird about this. But in the next five to ten years, I think there are going to be very many fine churches. Most churches are small on the smaller side. It's just the law of averages across the spectrum of churches, you know, 75 to 100 people, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, they don't they don't have staff, really. They're, they're just it's solo ministries. Those churches particularly are going to be, right. I think, having some challenges. So, so we're trying to alert the public to that. We wrote a uh, uh, whole, uh, I had the privilege to be an associate editor of, a, of an issue of Frontline Magazine this year, uh, uh, January, February edition, and we did a whole magazine basically on that theme, mm-hmm. both the coming shortage and then ways to help with that. And you wrote an article in there, Marsh, on, yep. that we're going to kind of talk about here. Sure, so, yeah, sure. All right. So, well, I think right now what you're trying to say is, it, it, men, if when you are thinking of this, um, it's never too early to be thinking of it. So, yeah. if you're 45 or 50, you can start praying and projecting and yeah. and maybe doing some things to help when you hit that. 65, 70, 72, whatever age you start um, transitioning out uh, to work towards. So um, I think you said prayerful, Mm -hmm. I mean, um, um, intentional, Mm -hmm. kind of some things I heard you say Mm -hmm. there. So as men are thinking through this, and again, that's what's generating these phone calls, right? Mm -hmm. So they'll call you, Bruce, this is what I'm thinking about. And and so what we want to do is talk about preparing for the transition, both church-wise and personal-wise. Right, right. And the article I wrote, uh, which we'll now in, go into, would really be on the personal side. Mm-hmm. And I think as, uh, I think the facts uh, you got to go through are you know are pretty much in front of us. The fact that Christ, the church belongs to Christ and not us. I think we all pastors, we know this. But the reality is it's not my church. It's not Bruce McAllister's church to find somebody to be the mm-hmm. pastor. The church belongs to Christ. So we can't ignore that. Uh, two references, Matthew 16, uh, 18, Acts 20, 28, uh, just to reemphasize that. And I think the other thing, I think you say it well, and I'll ask you to comment on it. Church's age is their pastor's age, yeah, right? Yeah, and I I, it, I mean, you, I've heard you say that the average age in the church tends to be about within five years mm-hmm. of the pastor's mm-hmm. age. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a young family. Uh, uh, you went to your church, you know, in Rock Hill, 20-plus years ago, and you drew young families. And then those families all grow up. And you're still reaching new people and all. Yeah, That's got a good yeah. mix of people even today, I'm sure. But, but you know, if you most right now as a traveling preacher, you're, I'm in churches, and you walk in, and the predominant color of hair is – is white and gray, yep. <laughs> and and that's in that's okay. You're glad those people are there. It's there, but it's they, just a fact we need to be aware. That's of. right. And so yeah, it yeah, really very realistic. I, I think another thing that I had to come to grips with was the fact the church is permanent and I'm not. Oh yeah. Okay. So I think now I, I know Bruce. Just let me. I know we're segueing back and forth, and I'm getting off script here. But you you came up with several causes of circumstances of why transitions happen. One of them was retirement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Another's resignation, mm-hmm. unexpected death, mm-hmm. requests from lay leadership or membership to resign. Yep. So, you know, in the ideal world, we're thinking here, 
the topic would be the pastor is retiring, but there's also other situations so that we just need to be aware of that could happen that the transition may be uh, sparked by some other reason. Okay. Right. You want to comment on any of those or you want to save that for the closing comments or yeah. you want mm, I, I would, here's what I see. I see most men that I know are in a given ministry for the long haul. Mm-hmm. I do not see men jumping around. Most of them, their roots go deep. They've had right. lasting fruit. Whatever the size of ministry, it's usually those those are stable situations. It's easy instability to get a little bit passive about futuristic thinking. Right, uh, everything's going well. You know, I'm 55. I'm 60. I'm 65. I'm in good health. My wife is doing well. We're having the time of our life, just serving the Lord. But inevitably, uh, this is going to change. Everything's going sure. to change. And so I just think it's prudent. I think the men who are 40 and 45 and 50, they actually need now to be thinking, especially financially, right. about where they're going to be 25 years out so that they don't, they don't have to hang on to their last ministry till they're dead and the church is dead because mm. that's going to be the typical pattern. Yeah. If you, you know, some men have opted out of Social Security. I personally would say don't do that. You know, right. if, if once you've done it, occasionally you can get back in, but... Uh, you're out of Medicare, you're out of your Social Security income. Unless you are a really wise financial planner, you can find yourself in a, in a mess down the road and not have. So then you hang on, and it's understandable. So yeah. I'd say plan ahead that way. All right, so for yep. this podcast, we're talking about an intentional, purposeful transition. And maybe another podcast, we'll talk about these yeah. other ones. Okay. But the topic of this, we really are aiming this towards retirement. Okay. All right, so the church is permanent. I'm not. Um, a quote that I read from Vanderbloom, in which you can take it as it is, that every pastor is an interim pastor. What I mean by that is even if you're there 40 45, 50 years, there's probably going to be somebody before you, maybe, but there's hopefully somebody following you, okay? Um, I think churches without pastors are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yep. So we need to plan for whatever succession we can. So we got to, so the first thing I think, and as you think through this, we got to, pastors, we have to prepare our families uh, that that the wife has got to be on board with this because you're a team. So um, I know, uh, and you recently transitioned from a long ministry with a school, but I think as a pastor, it's very emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know when my wife and I went through this, um, you know, I don't think she'd mind me saying this, but all of a sudden she wakes up one morning and she says, okay, who am I? Yeah. Because after you're, you're a pastor's wife, and then all of a sudden the retirement takes place and... I mean, I had a title coming to GFA, but who is she now? Yeah. So I think we need to be aware to prepare our, our families for this, and, and we need to transition uh, to a ministry right. and not from ministry. I'm going to save the ending of this because you've got some really good suggestions of what men can do as they transition out of one ministry, so transition to a ministry. All right, so let's let's talk about this. Uh, the other thing is preparing our families for this transition. I want to remind our, our, our pastors that are listening, you cannot check out during the transition. Um, you've got to stay engaged all the way through so that baton is handed off as the church wants you to. But just because you announce a retirement date, that you've got, you're remembered by how you end and not how you by how you came. 
good. Any any comments, Bruce, on on telling men to end well, yeah. to retire well, to transition well um, on that? Yeah, I, you know, like in the case of a church planner who stays with the ministry a long period of time, he has a um, he doesn't actually own it, but he has a little more built in, yeah. you know, ownership if you can put it that way. And I think the 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 lay leaders in the church would probably look to him for more input than a typical, say, just resignation where right. the man's going to move on. Typically in a Baptist church, congregational polity, a man resigns, hopefully graciously and with some forewarning, mm-hmm. uh, not suddenly, then it, it really, what he can do in that case is prepare the lay leaders about how to go through a pastor search and prepare the congregation reasonably well. On a, on a like I say, on a church planning situation, uh, he may he may want to stay in there all the way through the transition to the next leader. In real large ministries, that's also helpful for yeah. smooth transitions right. um, if a man stays. So it's going to vary from situation to situation whether the exiting mm-hmm. pastor actually has much input. And I think even if they want his input, that he still needs to hold those reins lightly and not be controlling about right. that. Because the church needs to call the pastor. They need to believe he's the man and so forth. All right, so with a smooth transition, the philosophy to the church, um, one way a smooth can transition can take place would be if you have more um, for the church to adopt some type of philosophy of equipping the associate pastor or assistant pastor to allow him to to be prepared either to take this church or another church. In other words, help him. Yep. Um, and, you know, and I saw this done, and we adopted it. We I saw a, a church that gave Sunday night services, uh, the responsibility of Sunday nights to the to the associate pastor of whether so whether he stayed at this church or he went to another ministry that we had prepared them. So I went to our leadership, and they bought into that. And then we went to the congregation and said, okay, this is going to be a ministry. So that is a very, I think, a very smooth way to prepare either one way or another. Is that fair? Yeah, it is. I mean, what you've described, uh, I have an article on the GFA church staffing website that talks about orderly pastoral Mm -hmm. transitions, various options. You can have a situation, usually in a smaller church, where you just have one pastor and that's it. Right. That's going to be a transition from scratch, more than likely, mm-hmm. unless he knows someone that, you know, the church knows someone that's ready to come in. So you have, you have that kind of situation. Then you have where you have a person or two on the pastoral staff in a mid-sized church or large right. church, and they mm-hmm. actually have the potential to become the next senior pastor. And so then that's what I think you right. probably just yeah. described. Yeah. You, you give a man increasing opportunities to preach, to lead, and see if he grows into it and the church gets comfortable and they call him. Uh, you also have an option where you, you bring a man in from the outside who's not already part of the staff, and you bring him in to be a second man, and you see how it goes for a year or two or whatever, and then if it goes well, they may call him to be their pastor. As the, let's say a pastor 60, he brings sure. a younger man in. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, we're going to watch it. And then there's a fourth option where the, you actually bring in a man, and you're actually, when they vote him to be the, right. say, co-pastor or associate pastor with the exiting pastor, 
uh, it's already decided he's going to be the next. next, And you don't have to re-vote that. And, you know, these are (laughs) these options are delicate in how you approach them and how can you really know when you have a brand new guy. But but that that protects the man from being um, if he's voted on to be the new pastor. And now we're just in a six, 12, 18 month transition. transition. Yeah. And I, I would say march on that. It's really important in a true uh, well-planned transition to put time frame on it. Exactly. So it's not open-ended, and this exiting pastor just kind of hangs on forever, and and he changes the plan after a year or two, and, oh, I think I'll stay. And the younger man's like, he's no, ready to leave. No, he's know. 35, 40 yeah. years old, say, and he, or whatever age, and he's, so you. I, so the, in one case like that, the exiting, the retiring pastor felt energized because now he is sharing the load. And so that's when he went back and said, you know what? I, I think yeah. I can stay a couple more years. Yeah. And, and for, you know, by God's grace, in my view, the, the incoming guy or the guy that was co-pastor and the deacon said, no, we've got this date set. Yeah. And, and we're glad you're feeling better. All right. And we're glad you're energized. But yeah. the date is set. And we yeah. cannot. We're, we're holding firm to that. That's exactly right. It, but that, that's I'm, the I'm, right glad, I'm glad yeah. you said that warning yeah. sign. Yeah. So um, let's go back to the single guy, the um, the solo pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I have seen that I think is helpful is um, using your budget to cast a vision of where you're going, and this is what I mean by this. you got a solo pastor, and um, there has been no money for an associate, okay? But he can use a budget to say, okay, can we fund an intern for a summer? Or an intern for one year. Yeah. And so you have the opportunity to bring men in and maybe if they're married. And then if you do this every summer or, you know, every other year or something, then you would have men that understand the church and the potential um, new pastor may come from those people that have been through the church. But you can't just do this. You got to, this has got to start early, like you said as a man is in his 40s and 50s, if he starts this type of planning um, to equip the next generation, but as well as to get a pool of men that understand the church. You have any comments yeah. on that? Yeah, I, that's, those are great ideas you just uh, set forth there. And I, I would add to that um, budgeting for some guest speakers to come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there is... If let's just say an, an event, maybe you haven't had an evangelist in a while, right. or maybe you can't do a full blown week long evangelist, but but bring in a, a man like that or men that are well connected. Mission board directors are like this. Camp directors are in that category. Yep. Um, uh, college presidents, people like that 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 see a broad swath of churches and know a lot of people. Let them come in, get familiar with your church. Now, they, understand they, that church culture. That's, that's it. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, and, yeah. and have that conversation mm-hmm. and maybe privately say to one or more of these speakers, you know, we're we're looking down the road, we're several years out, but would yeah. you please keep us in mind? That's great you idea. Come, you know, and that way, and I would say as well, like uh, like being isolated. Like it's easy to be isolated. It's easy yeah. to run your own thing, and you don't have anybody to hassle with. But the pastor himself should get out, go to some pastor conferences, go to some pastor local meetings. Um, networking sounds a little self-serving in the culture to me. I'm, but in reality, that's what we're talking Mm -hmm. about. Um, and, and just getting out there and actually some of it's just loving the people in your church because it's pretty likely that 
that somewhere through that church family, their broader network of contacts, their children, the churches their grown children are in, that you very well could find a channel that God is going to use the connections to those people. So be an engaging, connected pastor all across the spectrum. But this has got not, you don't start this when you're seven. No. Okay. So I think what exactly. you're what you're continually saying is, uh, so pastors, not lecturing to you, but I am lecturing to you. <laughs> start. Please listen to what Bruce is saying and start this in your forties. Yeah. And all the way through, so you're always um, preparing the church um, for the next generation. And I think this connection, but the, 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 but the connection will also be an encouragement to the current pastor. Exactly. And, I mean, that's what you're exactly. saying. So oh, especially yeah. those yeah. that are out there solo. Yeah. And, and Marsh, what we've described is probably if you, if you had several speakers in, uh, let's say a year, you're talking several thousand dollars of helping with transportation and whatever. Yeah. So, so that, that may look like a luxury item in a, in a small church budget, but it's actually part of the future of that yeah. church. Okay. Yeah. It's, that's well said, and I hope. And so, and 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 really, so by the time we get to the point of transitioning, there can be unity. It can be looked forward to with great expectation. Yeah. Uh, the church can grow through this yeah. through the transition. So instead of you know, um, you know, hanging just barely hanging yeah. onto the church yeah. by the tip of your fingernails, by the time this transition happens, if you have prepared uh, financially. Yeah and emotionally, and prepared your church spiritually, this can be a great a great season. Any, any comments on I, that? I, would, I, I had a second thought to what I just said, too. It goes along with this, that bring in, bring in a seminary student that's mm-hmm. a couple years into seminary, or, or uh, maybe he's not in seminary, but he's an older guy that's had Bible college training. Just have him come in as a guest speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, again, and, and be honest with you, treat him well when he comes. Uh, if he goes away in debt because he made that trip, that's not real positive uh, no. experience. Yeah. But treat him well, house him well. Uh, maybe they do a little weekend, something uh, another for your young people. And I'm telling you, uh, one of those guys might mm-hmm. very well be the future of that church. Yeah, so and, 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 and if not a camp director, somebody working on the camp staff, that's somebody right. that yeah. is there throughout. And we got camps all over, almost in every state. So you can you can go uh, different ways on that. And, and so what you say? What in the world does camp got to do with church staff? Well, churches are mm. constantly yeah. going through camps, and they build relationships. Yes. Same way with mission agencies. Same same way with you know evangelists. Same way with schools. There's a there's it's just that yeah. ongoing uh, relational thing that that and it builds trust, and people get to know people, and they love one another, and they pray for yeah. one another, and out of that comes good things for the future. All right, so I want to, the last few minutes we have, this one I want you to address. All right, so um, if a man transitions out of one ministry, he needs to transition into something. Yeah. And you have observed many retired pastors or pastors, This maybe they've passed the baton, maybe they're not ready to retire. Okay, so I, I want you to address the pastor that is uh, right now in his 60s or read, thinking about retiring in a few years all right so bruce what are some ministries that he could equip himself for uh he's he's got the gift of preaching teaching all this is a granted okay but what are some things he can mentally prepare for so he so when he stands before the lord well done that good and faithful servant so you just don't hang it up right 
What, what, do you, what are some okay. things? I, w- I would say that, uh, number one, people are living a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm, uh, like just this week, Mrs. Jack Tillman went to be with the Lord in the last, in the last week or so. And I went to her funeral mm-hmm. the other day. She was 93. Jack Tillman, her husband, taught at Bob Jones. He taught people back in, I guess, the early 50s and, and forevermore. So then Jack Tillman came to where, you know, he's not going to teach college forever. Then he traveled for a number of years, helping churches and churchmen. She traveled, yeah. and then— And he was an interim pastor where we were for interim pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, just—and yeah. he's got to be pushing 90. And if he could, he'd still be doing this type of thing. Yeah. And he helped a church down in Anderson for years, yeah. their, their home church yeah. there at Fellowship Baptist— and my hat's off to people like that. And I, I watch people like that and others that are similar, and they didn't hang it up and play golf. They, they, they no, play golf. Okay, that's okay. Once in a that's okay. I'm sorry, guys, I hit that <laughs> sensitive point there. But they, they did productive stuff with their lives. Now, here's some options to think about. More than likely, a pastor has a ministry niche that is, I call it whatever, his secondary gift. He's yeah. a pastor counselor, pastor soul winner, pastor um, uh, counselor, mm-hmm. pastor whatever, you know, some are administratively minded. Uh, he may like the, the governmental political realm a little bit. That's yeah. kind of been a little side hobby of some pastors. It could well be that that would be uh, a niche ministry for him that he could do either voluntarily right. or not expect full income from, but uh, like I do, I do detention center ministry. I've been out of it for COVID now for a while, but for about 10 years prior to that, I did. It's about to crank up again, which I'm excited about. You know, I think, I don't know, but if I just didn't have anything to do with the Lord officially that uh, is income producing at this point, I've got enough background in detention center ministry. I might could be a volunteer chaplain or helper or just soul winner, discipler, counselor. Uh, and that's a really uh, wonderful ministry. I'll be honest with you, nursing home ministry. Some of I've known men here in Greenville. Uh, I can start naming them. They're they're doing ministry in Shepherd's Care, right. BJ's yeah. um, Assisted Living Center, and they will hold Sunday services. Well, you know those are real people with real needs, sure. and they're friends, and so they do that. Um, they're interim pastor ministries. Mm-hmm. Interim pastor ministry is there are a lot of guys that could do well at that. I think it takes a special wife willing uh, to agree. relocate yeah. for three months, six months, and or a year, and, and yeah, or, or longer. But but what a rewarding thing! Yeah. And that helps churches f- to not go under during that transition time. And our so. good friend Wilson Wall, who just went to be with ah, the Lord, yeah, I think he did forty. He did forty forty interim, interim and at, churches all over yeah. the South and the North, and whoever, whole entire nation. Yeah. He's kind of the dean of interim yeah, pastors. So, this was after a full life of pastoral right. ministry. So what a testimony of that yeah. second ministry. So, yeah, yeah. Things like that. And then if nothing else, like there are nonprofit organizations mm-hmm. that can use specialty. Mm-hmm. There's advancement opportunities that men can uh, help with raising funds. There are mission or agencies that the, would take you on to be yeah. uh, go to the field and be a substitute missionary for Oh, yeah, and and then the struggling church who just may need a yeah. retired pastor to come in and stabilize the young pastor. So That's I mean, right. All these things. That's right. And yeah. you, and you yeah. can just honestly, if you if you're set financially and you didn't need income producing, you could just be a friend mm. to pastors. You could be a friend to pastors' wives. You and your wife. Um, you know what I'm saying? There's just it's endless and it's wonderful. It's right, wonderful. So, so what would you put up as a caution? Okay, so now. 
you know, we, did, we just let somebody's desire. Okay, now, okay, I'm going to transition to a ministry. Uh, when I leave this ministry, what what cautions would you put out there? Maybe, uh, okay, you may not want to consider the, or some, I don't want to say, what would you say? So what would be something to just to guard yourself against? Well, you, when you're older, hopefully wiser, you've exercised uh, a good bit of authority in your own mm. ministry probably over the years. You just have to realize you're not in charge. <laughs> that would be my main caution. So, if what about can, what about a lateral move? Okay. Yeah, that okay. that was kind of yeah. yeah, yeah aren't there some you. dangers okay. in, in maybe that lateral yeah. move yeah. At, at, I, at this I would stage? Be, yeah, I would be. I've watched some men do late life lateral moves, say from. Uh, from one pastoral ministry to another. They've been there somewhere a long time. They, you're getting a little bit mm-hmm. restless. They think they've completed their... Now, it's okay once, twice, maybe three times in your life to make a transition, and, and whatever God leads yeah, you to do. I, I'm not going to put numbers on it, ultimately. Uh, some men actually enjoy helping a church for five years sure. and moving on. They're just like a helper and all that. I get that. But but uh, I if, if a man calls me and he's 65... And he's saying, I, I think I'd like to transition to another church. I'm going to probably say, you know, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I'd think about that. I, I wonder if it would not be better for him to do another three years or five years, yeah. as long as he's healthy and productive. Um, and the church and where, isn't dying. Right where yeah. he is. And, yeah. and sometimes what men need to do, I, and this is a bigger topic, but sometimes when men are thinking about moving on, they actually need to improve their ministry skills. Mm. There's things they just need to work on, and maybe they're blind to, rather than changing horses and going somewhere yeah. else. And so I, that would be a caution. I'm not saying don't ever do lateral moves late in life. But, but just I just wanted to yeah. bring it out. Just, yeah, okay. It, it can actually, what I've seen, that's that's a little scary. I see men do that, and then they get into enormous personal trials. Mm as a result of yeah. that. So just know God is in it before you do it. Amen. Yeah. All right. Now, Bruce has got a ton of materials, and they're going to be in the show notes. Um, one of the websites is uh, GFA Missions Jobs, um, right. and so you can go to that. But but those will be in the show notes. There are articles. There are books. Bruce has written some. We've got some books we reference, but that that will be in the show notes that you can reference. And, of course, you're always available. Right. And Bruce's email address will be in the show notes. My email address will be in the show notes. But it's something, again, the, the, the summary is don't wait until you're ready to transition out before you pray and plan. Is that fair, right. Bruce? That's right. And there are many aspects to that. And yeah. So, yeah, sure. It's It's a big world. It's a big world of information to think about, and there's plenty of help available all right, let me let me do, let me go two minutes longer. Is that okay? All right, sure. All right, so right now you lead a our our church staffing website here at GFA, and just to give the men. So you, right now you've got churches looking for all positions, right? Yeah, I think we've got we've probably got in the ballpark of forty five to fifty churches that are looking for either pastors or pastoral staff. Most of that thirty or more of those would be senior pastor okay. situations. So we're serving. Uh, seven positions. You can see those on, both yeah. for candidates and churches. You can see those, and we're 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 excited that the whole thing's growing. So what about on the candidate side? Yeah, we, we. I think we've got about thirty candidates right now. We might we might have thirty five or forty men that are looking. So we're we're looking to help like minded men in churches, and like minded being ballpark similar to GFA. Yeah. We mm-hmm. we are 
you know, we're conservative, fundamental people, conservative in worship, conservative in lifestyle. We're not controlling any other ministries, but naturally we want to serve with integrity men that are essentially, they're largely it's independent sure. Baptist, independent Baptistic Bible churches is the group that we're selling. But the point so, is, they're not 100 men looking for 30 positions. No, no. Okay. No, like so the, we need to pray. Yeah. We're not going to be, again, I appreciate you're not an alarmist, as you said. But we do need the reality that it may take longer to transition a church than you may think. And so, again, GFA, we're here to help. You know, we lead the interim ministry here as well. Bruce does the church staffing side. We're here to help you any way you can. So, Bruce, thanks for your uh, time. And, again, Bruce's email address and uh, the, the references of the articles he's written as well as some others will be in the show notes. So, again, thanks to GFA for sponsoring this podcast, doing all the editing and the posting and all that. So we greatly appreciate it. Bruce, thanks for coming. Right. Privileged to be here. Thank you. Right. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.